You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, Alan. Hey, Joshy. How's my baby boo boo bum bum? Oh, I'm good. I've got my coffees oh. and I got my Long Island accent and I'm doing all right. Good. I've got my bubbly. I'm obsessed with bubbly right now. Obsessed. I always where's, say like, I'm going to. What's that? Where's Sweeney? He was just like crawling all over you. you no, that was Toby. Word. My cat oh, loves my recording studio and will literally like climb up onto my shoulders and I mean, but it hurts. It's like the kinkiest pet hold you could imagine. Like, it really hurts his nails. Even when you cut them, they're so fucking sharp. It's brutal. Yeah, um, cats, cats, you know, they do that. They crawl, they crawl on things. Is that a train I hear? It, it is. It's the Long Island Railroad. The, okay. I, it sounds like something from an old musical. Like, oh, look, it's the Wells Fargo train coming what down. Do what do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? We're the show with the widest cast. What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? Oops, sorry. And he I'm doesn't know the territory. <laughs> he doesn't know the territory. Doesn't know um, the territory. Well, Alan, I'm really excited about our episode today. Um, my dear, dear baby angel, Boo Boo Bum Bum from another Mum Mum, Rory O'Malley <laughs> is on the show. We met doing Little Miss Sunshine. Did you see Little Miss Sunshine? No, that was during the phase where between when I got super into Broadway and just listened to cast albums when I was a young, a young person. That's fascinating. I just thought that you were always one of us. No, no, not until like the last, you know, day or two. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, welcome, welcome to the theatrical community. Um, And for those of you, I mean, I'm sure you know who Rory O'Malley is. He's a Broadway star. He's incredible. Um, And now he's like the star of TV and film, including like some incredible new shows. One, one is on Netflix right now that I'm obsessed with. And so get ready, set. Are you ready for the episode, Alan? I am so ready. All right, here we go. Play the music. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Josh Swallows Broadway. I am so excited because I have uh, a really old friend here on the show that I miss, that I love. He lives in LA now. He um, has a child. So all this time that I thought I was going to be his baby, um, I was wrong. Please welcome to the show the genius, the most talented Rory O'Malley. Josh, you'll always be my baby. Yeah, that's right. I'm just a baby. I'm only this many. <laughs> um, and yeah, we were just talking about like, so yesterday we just did episode one, but we did it in person. But now I'm back in the dungeon booth that looks like I was kidnapped. And um, yeah, and you said something really funny that I'm just going to regurgitate that I should sing, I think, we're alone I think we're now. Alone now. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm alone now. Because you thought you were in like one of the mall recording studios, being held captive. And- yeah, yeah. Haven't seen mom in weeks, and here <laughs> I am, and uh, talking to famous people. How are you? Know. I'm, I'm good. Hey, I'm alive. Yeah. I am uh, healthy. I just am like so grateful every day to have you know 
to have gotten through the last year and a half. And, you know, it's like a new level of gratitude. So yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm great. Good. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. The past year and a half was such a a kick in the balls. It was so Mm. terrible. Every day. Every day was so horrible, but um, I'm so glad that the world is opening up. Um, we're going to get to the New Year's show, to, to your new show in a minute, because it is so funny and it's so oh, nice to watch you. something light and hilarious rather than, you know, just days of doom and dread. Right. Um, but we met years ago. We were acquaintances for a long time. Um, right. Because during... I was like a stalker of hair. I saw hair many times and yeah. all my friends were in it and uh was obsessed yeah, and you with wouldn't that stop hope, following me i wouldn't stop i yeah. couldn't it, it was it was really scary for a while i had to go to the broadway league um <laughs> <laughs> is that where you go yeah well all because my problems it makes them sound like avengers the broadway league <laughs> i'm here it, for protection yeah Basically. And uh, then we did Little Miss Sunshine together off Broadway. Yeah. All which those, was so much fun. It was so much fun. Um, I miss it. I miss you. Um, all those little girls are all grown up and some of them are super famous. Yeah. Isn't I know. It is wild. It is wild. Like that was, how long ago was that now, Josh? Oh, God. Um, it was 2013, I think. So eight years ago. Was that really eight years ago? Yeah, I'm pretty when, sure. I think it was like the fall of 2000. So like exactly eight years ago. Remember when Stephanie J. Block made me be dance captain? Yes. Made me. Made you. Be dance captain? Yeah, that worked out terribly. <laughs> um, she's then, brilliant. She's brilliant. Josh, be dance captain. I don't want to do it. Uh, okay, Miss Block. Um <laughs> And then, of course, I'll never forget, was it, what did James Lapine call it? Feeding the animals? Oh, my God. I forgot about it. He would throw candy at us to catch our mouths. Yes, he would throw uh, snacks, like sometimes candy, (laughs) whatever he had, and he would throw it, and we would have to catch it in our mouths. This is Pulitzer winner, Tony winner, James Lapine. Yeah, like I just want to talk about Sunny in the Park with George. And he's like, okay, but first, see if you can prove to me your worthiness by catching this candy in your mouth. And I'm like, well, I better do it. I better do it. I know, I was terrified. Yeah, all of a sudden it was like you needed an athletic ability to be in this musical. And it just, it kind of threw me for a loop. But he was so good with the kids. Oh, he was was great with the kids. Though I love that that was like, that was our job to yeah. catch food thrown at you by James Lapine. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And for me, massaging was... Bill, Finn. Bill Finn. <laughs> yes. That was your other duty. Come on, as, just as, give on me a of... massage, please. Uh, please. I'm so, oh, I farted. It doesn't smell, I promise. <laughs> yeah. That was part of your dance captain uh, duties. <laughs> That was the dancing in the show. That was the dancing, <laughs> massaging Bill Finn. Not dirty massages, listeners. Ooh. Get your mind out of the Goodness. gutter. Um, so you've had a busy year. I'm so proud of you. I think one of the dreams for all actors is to get to be a voice on a cartoon. Yes. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've because because I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. And loved musicals. And the only musicals I would see were Disney musicals. It was like, I wasn't 
getting to even go to touring shows that were coming in because we couldn't afford to go, you know, it was like getting to see beauty and the beast and all of those great musicals through animation is how I fell in love with musical theater. So yeah, always has been a dream. And um, Chicago party and is not beauty and the beast. but It is. It sort of is. Oh, it sure. sort of is. Okay. Now it's that you like mention it, Daniel and the ant. Yes. Okay. I see that. I see that. Now that you mention it. Um, but yeah, who but could it, ever it, learn to love, to love an ant? An ant from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is It is a crazy, raunchy, hilarious show that's basically a love letter to the city of Chicago. And I grew up in Cleveland. So to me, it's like a love letter to the Midwest mm-hmm. and to Midwest culture, which loves their sports teams and their bars and, you know, that life. And I grew up in that world. Uh, I didn't know. I wanted the Browns to win so badly. I remember praying for the Browns to win. I didn't care. I just wanted my family to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew it meant so much to them. So it meant so much to me. And, you know, it, it does, it's part of the culture. And that's what this show is about. It's like how, hardcore um chicago uh folks love their city and and everything about it and it's it's actually you know it, it's a crazy way that this came about that chris Watoski uh, started this twitter handle called chicago party ant and just made like hilarious jokes as if he was this this woman from chicago and uh you got together with his friends katie rich and john Barinholtz and created this show that is so over the top funny, but really at the end of the day, it's this kind of love story between an aunt and her nephew. And I have so many aunts in my life related to me and not. And especially as a gay guy, those relationships are so important to me and Mm -hmm. they aren't really explored too much. There's not a lot of like, you know, stories like this, especially on, on TV. So that's my favorite part of the show is exploring the aunt nephew relationship. And, um, there's a lot of exploring going on. There's so much. It's so funny. Um, I love the aunt character. I mean, she really is like a party holic, so raunchy. So like I was watching an episode today where like, the character wasn't even talking, but her tongue was like wagging out of her <laughs> mouth. And <laughs> it was the funniest thing I had ever yeah. seen. The, it, what's, what's great is that when you do an animated show and you read the script and it's so hilarious, and then you see what the animators did with it on top of it that has nothing to do with the lines, it's like a whole new level of of comedy. And this character, Diane Dombrowski, she's, she's brilliant. You know, I think she's up there with like Homer Simpson and um, she's just so full of joy and so offensive and so over the top, but totally joyful and happy and loves her family and her city so much. And that's what makes it work you know is that it's actually just a big celebration of of who she is and her people yeah well and i love that your character daniel's gay yeah it makes me really happy it makes me feel seen it's um, i know and he's such like a lovable dork yes yes Um, he's a nerdy gay like like me so i was i i love this character so much and i'm so 
happy that they cast a gay person. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's, it's, it's funny. I, you know, you don't, you think like, well, of course, but we, we know that's, that's not always the case. And I think it was very important to them to have a gay actor voicing this character. Um, and there's also RuPaul on the show, which is I like was a, going to say, yeah. like, have you met RuPaul? Only like this over, uh, over Zoom, because we recorded the whole thing during COVID. We started no back way. in t- March, 2020. Yeah. So we had a bunch of table reads and uh, every recording session where we could have be on the same schedule. It was kind of like doing a, a radio play where we couldn't see each other, but we were just doing the lines back and forth. And, you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of RuPaul, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an alive gay man. And, <laughs> <laughs> and to, like the best part about recording Chicago Party Ant was saying lines and hearing RuPaul's laugh. Because you know, like when the queens are on stage and they get RuPaul to laugh, you're like, oh my God, RuPaul loves her. Like how amazing would that feel to have, to get RuPaul to laugh at one of your jokes or something. And Ru is just like all in, was so professional and so supportive and was laughing, you know, just loving the the gig. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take that with me till, till my final days that I got RuPaul to laugh. Everything about RuPaul I'm obsessed with, like, especially, especially their laugh, like, uh, Mm -hmm. the whole Miss Vanjie, like Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie. And then Michelle Visage kept on being like, Miss Vanjie. And he couldn't even handle it. It was like, shut up, shut up. I'm going to kill you. Like, that's the kind of moment I want. And now, you know, RuPaul. Yeah. Yes, through Zoom. You know, it's like a lot of these relationships of (laughs) of work have have changed. But yeah, I mean, I've acted with RuPaul. Oh my God. What else? Now you really have to adopt me. I want to have (laughs) a bar mitzvah over over. again. California is calling you home. Oh my God. Could you imagine? That would be amazing. And I'll come live with you and your family. We will, we will love that. My, like my a, husband certainly needs a break from me after oh, being stuck with me for so long. nonsense, <laughs> nonsense. So, like, tell me a little bit about your journey. I know that you're from Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, you you were raised by a single mom, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is incredible. Yeah. And Who's here a, right now. She's really? also, yeah, she's here for, for a couple months um, helping out. She actually, she came, uh, back in March of 2020 when we were going to open Hamilton here in Los Angeles on our, our final dress was March 11th. Our first performance was going to be March 12th of 2020. And so we never had that first performance. And so my mom had been in town just to help out with Jimmy and, uh, it was, was amazing and was only going to be here for a month. And obviously, I wasn't going to put her on a plane with everything no. that was happening. So she ended up being here for about seven months and was a wonderful help to us throughout the pandemic. And, you know, she lives alone. So I was just so, so glad that she was here with us. So anyway, she's back. We've opened Hamilton again. And uh, it's it's kind of nice to have her back here to be able to go to the show at night and, you know, not be afraid that the world is 
ending. I mean, I'm always afraid the world is ending, but it, yeah. you know, it's not not the same feeling as as the spring of 2020. But anyway, yes, it's great to have her here. She she raised me uh, in Cleveland. I came from a big Irish Catholic family. My first role was playing St. Joseph in the Christmas pageant at Our Lady of Angels. My <laughs> aunt was the director. Uh, so that's as far as my nepotism took me in this business. And, uh, you know, I knew from that moment that I wanted to be an actor when I was eight years old. And I sat my mom down very seriously and told her, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And to her credit, even though she was an accountant and had no idea what this world was, she enrolled me in the local children's theater at Beck Center. And I spent uh, 10 years at that, that children's theater and community theater doing plays and, you know, did every play and musical I could in Cleveland, uh, sometimes two or three at a time. Well, please tell me some of these incredible productions that you oh were Oh my in. God. I was just listening to chess, thinking about when I was a freshman in high school and did chess at the local community theater. No. Yeah. I was thinking of my one night in Bangkok costume. <laughs> it was leather <laughs> pants. <laughs> Uh, I can't believe that I was allowed to be in that, but you know, anything for art. And, um, it was, I, I did like Jesus Christ Superstar and Evita. I mean, I got You're to be in a lot of- for Evita. I was, you I was scream, really perfect. scream Argentina Argentinian. Yeah, yeah, I know it's true. Um, you know, well, I, I was in the, the, um, the cluster of English people, the, you know, <laughs> You know what I mean? What the, the like ones who look down. And they are not. Yes, exactly. Exactly. La, 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 that was, la, 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 la. that was me. I was in the ensemble, obviously, but, um, you know, I played, uh, Sky Masterson and, and guys and dolls at my high school. That was a really big role for me. Um, I remember it was one of my biggest mistakes I've ever made on a stage. I walked into the, uh, revival scene and I, you know, my line is, has anyone seen Nathan Detroit? And I walk in and I go, has anyone seen Sky Masterson? Wait a minute. I'm Sky Masterson. <laughs> and literally got the biggest laugh of my career. Like I'll never, I'll never get a bigger laugh than that mistake because everyone knew exactly what happened. You know, sometimes when you make a mistake, just underline it and you put exclamation to. points around it. My favorite story is one of the 8,000 national tours of West Side Story. <laughs> the, uh, the Chino at the top of act two, like ran on stage and was like, Maria, they killed your parents. And she was like, Oh no. And how is my brother? <laughs> that, I had not heard that one. Oh, it's I one heard of my the favorites. one. I heard the one um when the gun didn't go off and Chino hit Tony with the back of his shoe. And he fell over. Did you hear that? How many heels left, Chino? She A said, heel for you. Yeah. She said. How much poison is left on this poison healed shoe, Gino? How much poison? <laughs> God knows if any of this stuff is true, but I I love those kinds of things. Theater legends of it a performance that only like true. Uh, it's you're right. No one can 
no one can write that kind of stuff and let it, you know, go on for years and decades. But there's another story about like death trap or something where the guy was supposed to have like a fake gun and he didn't. And so he took like a cup and pretended there was water in it and was like, this is poison juice. And like <laughs> pretended to flick, her up, flick it on her or something like that. Oh it's my just God. so, so fucking funny. And you know, like, like there's, you know, half the audience is like, oh my God, that's hilarious. And then the other half is like, yeah, it's poison juice. I yeah. accept it. Yeah. I accept yeah. it hundred percent. That's, that's how uh... my aunt died. Poison <laughs> juice. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know, even when it's West Side Story. And, you know, it's like, oh, they made some changes at this local community theater. Good for them. Guess this is the reboot. I sort of get off, this is so terrible, on those, like, videos on YouTube of shows that have gone wrong. Like, an amateur Peter Pan. Oh, the 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 Peter Pan. Flies into the set and the set falls down. Yes. Yes. No, I mean, I I have laughed too many times at, like, (laughs) actors falling it's gonna come back to get me like i have Have to admit to it now i know i'm it's bad (laughs) karma to do it but we've all been in these situations we've We've all all been in there yes maybe the recorder wasn't on we have you know but i've forgotten full all my lyrics to songs and made up you know a whole song before i forgot my lines and i looked at the other actor and i just laughed and said your turn um (laughs) did you see the video of helen keller falling off the stage in a production of miracle worker no she was so in it and it was like a high school production or something and poor helen keller fell off the stage but they kept going they kept going professionals there was a really large hole in that family's kitchen um <gasps> oh my god well good for them good for them i think that's sort of where my love of improv came in and like do you on chicago party Ant, do you get to do any improv or anything like that yes it doesn't mean that they keep it or put it sure. in the show <laughs> but when you're in you know in a recording session for an episode for like three to four hours you know you do the lines a certain way but you know they're like all right now do it you know one for fun you know, so obviously, but it's the, the folks who wrote Chicago Party Ant are all from Second City in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And so I'm really way too intimidated to to improvise with the likes of them because they are total pros. But, you know, well, so you've got, are you. you're hilarious. Well, thank you. I I feel like there's there's different kinds of uh, comedy performance. And when you're in with the likes of like real improvisers who do it for a living, who were trained for a decade in improv and comedy improv, like it is, it's like watching a magician, you know? That's what I always say. It's like a magic show when it's done really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. And so to, you know, be in a recording booth with, with folks like that who can, you know, who created the characters and, you know, are living in that world. It's just, it's intimidating, but also they're very generous to me and, and laugh. (laughs) Remind me of the actress's name who plays, who plays your aunt on the show. Lauren Ash. She was on Superstore. So good. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She's amazing. So like, I mean, I haven't done a cartoon. What do you think is the biggest difference between, doing like TV film theater and now voice acting. Well, 
Um, first of all, voiceover acting is incredibly hard to break into, mm-hmm. even more than, and I, you know, it's just crazy to say that because it's all so hard, but I have probably auditioned for 500 voiceover uh, jobs. And I mean that 500. And I think it's because it's easier to, you know, ask for auditions. It's kind of like, you know, we're all doing things on tape now because of, of COVID, but that's how voiceover always is. So you're never going in. So they can submit something and get hundreds of, of auditions without, you know, losing any time. And I think that because you can have actors play, you know, if you get one person who you like, who you work well with, you can have them play so many different roles because they just change their voice. They don't have to change what they look like. So I think it's a really small part of the industry. And so I'm still figuring out how to do it. You know, it's not like when we we walk on a stage, we feel like we're at home because we've been on a stage since we were kids. Even when you're in front of a camera, like it just feels a lot more uh, natural because you're talking to people. Being Doing voiceover is kind of like you're in a vacuum. Even when you're working with other people, you're only hearing them. And you have to kind of give them a variety of options and, you know, I think the best part, of, uh, the reason why musical theater folks are so good at it is because we can warm up our voice and know how to play with it. So even mm-hmm. when, when you're not singing, like I'm not singing in Chicago Party Ant, I'm definitely using my voice in a way that's similar to singing a song um, yeah. and trying to find different pitches and you know playing Daniel, uh, who's 18 and I am not. 18. <laughs> what are you to, talking about, Evan yeah. Hansen? Josh, I, I have... I, okay. <laughs> Sorry, we won't go there. We won't go I, there. But, but let me tell you, like, doing press for this show, p- people brought that up. They were like, well... What? um Yes, people said Ben Platt is playing a younger character in, in his movie, and now you are playing a younger character in uh-uh. this animated show. Have you been getting any pushback? And I was like, um, no, because it's a cartoon. Have you <laughs> talked to Stu from Family Guy? Yeah, like, I, was like, I think it's okay. I was like, I've I've also voiced like animals and <laughs> you know, like <laughs> well, the raccoon community is yeah, pissed. I, yeah, I mean it just was a little I was like, I think it's a little different, you know, without getting into it. Um, but <laughs> you know, but but I will say like I had to make sure that I didn't, you know sound like I just smoked a pack of cigarettes or something when I would go to the recording studio to be, you know, uh, like, listen, my, Aunt Diane, I've yeah. never had a kiss before. And I want exactly. one. Right. So I had to pitch it up, you know, and, and be 18, but luckily I still sound like I'm going through puberty sometimes. So well, I, I think, I think your portrayal of Daniel is perfect. It reminds me a little bit of little shop of horrors, not the show, but the character in the sense that there's all these huge characters around you, Right. And so you have that hard job of being like the sweet normal one. Yeah, the straight almost. man. Yeah. The straight the gay straight man. Yeah, the gay straight man. Um yeah. you know, and also you said something about like you know, it's like singing, which I agree. Can we please have a Chicago Party Ant musical episode? I hope so. I hope that's Can in the you works. pitch it? Can I pitch yeah. it? Yes. I'll send a tweet or something and be Please. like, hey, 
I wrote a song. Like, yes, and you need to sing it. Yeah, exactly. They'll they'll tell the cast that I'm singing for all the characters. It's going to be great. Yes. And then I'm, I won't have I'm to now. sell my body anymore. <laughs> um that's fabulous. I'm I'm really excited for you. I uh I've been binging it and I think I may have mentioned this earlier. My favorite episode for sure is when you want to get your first kiss. Mm. And those the Halloween co- episode. Oh my god, the costumes at the gay bar. Yes. Like sexy Woody from Toy Story. Yes, like sexy Tin Man. Sexy Tin Man. Um, oh god, I'm I'm blanking on some of the others, but like literally I had to pause and rewind because I was focusing on all the costumes and I was like, okay, now I'm gonna go back and like listen to what's actually happening. Um Yeah, I know. It's, it is that it's a, the animation is so funny in itself, like even beyond that's that's why that was the surprise for me when I was watching it for the first time, just not even knowing how many more jokes were gonna be be there. And 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 people from Chicago, like if you're from Chicago. You're going to see so many Easter eggs in this show because they've recreated so many of the different bars, like the, the bar we're in, the gay bar, Roscoe's. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you, I've and, been to Roscoe's. Oh, I have too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so th- wait, that was you. Yeah, that was oh, me. Oh, interesting. That was me. Fascinating. Uh, yes. Um, no, I mean, it's it. they really went through uh, a lot to make sure that it looked like Chicago and the references are like so specific, even the, um, the, 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 the barbershop where Diane works, <laughs> um, which Rue manages and they, it was like, you know, sports cuts, whatever. That is actually a real barbershop. And Rue's character Gideon takes it over and turns it into like a borough, a New York uh-huh. you know, fancy place. But they there is a real place called like Sports Cuts or whatever in Chicago, and they put the real address of what that place was in the cartoon, like on the door. So they're they're specific, like they know Chicago, the people who've created this show, and so most of the people who are really flipping out about it are the people who live in Chicago and love it. But again, it's you know it's for everyone. We all have a Chicago party. Oh, we all do. Well, I mean, it's so global, it's so universal. My aunt wasn't a party aunt, but she was the one who like took me to New York to see Sunset Boulevard, or right. took me to. Oh LA. my God, who did you see? Who was your Norma Desmond? Betty Buckley. Mine too. Ah! And guess, oh check this. We She took me to Sardi's after the show. And I was like, mm, I'm on a stage door. No, 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 no. But fine, let's go to Sardi's, whatever that is. And we went to Sardi's and then we were walking back to the hotel. And guess who came out the stage door? No. Betty Lynn <gasps> Buckley. Oh, I think she was still in character. God. She looked like a little like... Like, what character? I, what? <laughs> she, she she looked like she just killed somebody and they fell in a pool, you know. She's but... a force. She she is a force of nature. Getting to see her in that role was probably one of the greatest experiences I've had on Broadway because she just is a, a tidal wave, a tidal I mean, wave. It was heaven. My aunt yeah. like lightly had to like slap my arm because I was singing along with the show because what else do like 14 year old queers do? Exactly. Exactly. No, I was in the same place. I remember I went uh, to a family vacation in Vermont and I was listening to the recording 
Um, and I remember saying, you know, Vermont is so close to New York City. We should we should go there. Like Vermont is not really that Nowhere close. Nowhere near New York no, City. No, but when you're from Ohio, you know, it's, it's yep. a little closer. Close enough. A little bit. So I remember trying to convince my mom to take me to New York. Just, you know, a little detour on the way back to Ohio. It didn't work, but then... I got to go see Betty Buckley. And I remember Terry Hatcher was at that performance. <laughs> that's that's the time capsule of that memory. <laughs> I didn't see Terry Hatcher at mine. But um, also to just think about all those stars, you know, and yeah. how much they meant to me. Mm-hmm. And then like being an adult and being like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a reading with Joe Gillis. Oh, like, wow. are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh, it's so powerful. Maybe Betty can come on uh, Chicago Party Ant and, um, I don't know, be like your crazy grandma or something. I would like love Norma that. Desmond comes on. I would love that. You know right. who plays the the grandma, actually, at least on on the mother's side? I don't know who the, who the father's side would be, but is Lori Metcalf. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. That That's Lori Metcalf? Uh-huh. Stop. Uh-huh. Stop, yeah, shut I know. Your face. I know. It's funny because uh, there's a lot of people in the show that they haven't really publicized that they're the voices. They kind of just wait for you to like read the credits at the end. Yeah. But uh, the, you know, the 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 creators are all from Second City and Chicago, so it's just full of people who are from that that world. And um, yeah, Lori have you gotten one. to Zoom with Lori Metcalf? No, but. By God, if I get to do you more need episodes, to raise some hell over there. I am. I'm gonna flip my laptop yeah. over and throw this real is stink. workplace abuse. <laughs> um, I was in physical therapy. I forget what show I was doing at the time, but she was doing misery. Oh, and yeah. um, With she Bruce was uh huh, and she was on the table next to me. And oh my gosh, it took everything within my power not to roll over and be like. I love you, Lord. Oh my God. I so agree. I so I mean, her her days on Roseanne, she was sorry, my oh, my Siri doesn't understand what I'm saying. Siri just started talking. Siri, shut up. <laughs> shut shut up. You just don't understand our love for Lori Metcalf, Siri. Yeah, jealous. God. Or clearly Siri's not gay. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I mean, I loved Roseanne so much, and she was uh-huh. so fantastic. On that show, her and John Goodman, their scenes were were my favorite. And I remember when I first moved to LA, this is like right out of college, I saw her in All My Sons. She was the mom in All My Sons. And she was so good. And I had brought a date. I brought a date, a guy who I had maybe met once before. And I was like, let's go see All My Sons at the Geffen. And on the way out, she was in the lobby talking to people oh. and I was like oh I I have to say something to her and he was like not a, a theater person really he was like oh no you, you don't you don't talk to people like you don't know her I was like she was like do you know her I was like no I don't know her but I I need to I need you know it was like that feeling you have yeah. to say something and I just went up to her probably interrupted what she was saying to a friend and was like you're wonderful you're absolutely magnificent that was a amazing performance thank you so much and she was like oh thank you thank you know very very nice but like 
I'm in, you know, in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> and I said, okay, bye now. And I walked out and I never heard from that date ever again. <laughs> you know, that that guy was like, he's, he is, he's insane. Yeah. He's, he's well, talker. I think theater dates are hard. I went on a date, like a first date to go see Leap of Faith. Oh. Yeah. I think that sums it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, it is hard because you know what? Being in an audience of a show is such a a personal experience that you have to share with somebody afterwards. And it really is, it's actually so revealing and it's a little, maybe a little too intimate, you know? Yeah, I think so. Why couldn't oh. we have just gone to planet Hollywood and boink in go. the bathroom that you don't have to have any, you know, deep feelings or conversations yeah, about no. planet Hollywood. Also don't boink in the bathroom at planet Hollywood. That would be yeah. really, really disgusting. Again, Bruce Willis is there. That's disturbing. Yeah, but if Laurie Metcalf was there, I'd be like, I love you, Laurie Metcalf. Oh, for sure. I think I'm going to do an ASMR episode where it's just like, this is Laurie Metcalf. Oh, you are? You're Laurie Metcalf. Well, okay. Yeah, sure. And I'll just be like, I was wonderful as Jackie. (laughs) And Jackie. Yeah. 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 Well, now she's on your show. That's, That's really incredible. And like her... I've always felt like to be an incredible comedic performer, you just have to be an incredible actor. Like you have to be able to get it. I've seen you do so many different things and to see you, well, to watch you do Daniel in this show is just, it's just like another flavor of another flavor of like your talent that we don't always get to see. And it's, I don't know. It's really heartwarming. It um, it makes me feel just over the moon for you. Plus, you're on my favorite network. Is that what it's called? Network or streaming service? I, yeah, sure. I don't know, but Netflix. <sighs> I'll like, ask some people who are younger than us. They'll tell us. Yeah, we'll put them on Zoom. Um, yeah. But no, like Netflix got me through the pandemic. Yeah, same. You know, and so I don't know. I'm so grateful for them. I'm so grateful for the show that's out. Um, and, uh, wait, don't you have another cartoon as well? Central Park? Central Park. Yeah, that is that. And that is uh, a musical cartoon. And that's really, that's probably why I'm on Chicago Party Ant because, um, like I said, I had auditioned hundreds of times and the first break I had was because I went to college with Josh Gad and he created an animated TV show. And, I play Elwood, uh, who is the assistant to um, Owen, played by Leslie Odom Jr., another college friend of mine. So, you know, it was kind of like, okay, great. You know, you auditioned hundreds of times and it's like I literally had to be a college roommate with with someone to get into this this business but you know it's like then I was able to kind of do two years of of those first two seasons and and the character is written so well and has so many great songs and it's definitely for this audience you should check out Chicago Party on, on Apple TV excuse me Central Park on Apple TV because it is some of the greatest music coming out right now of storytelling and they have so many different writers so many amazing uh, folks, and in the next part of season two, that's coming out in uh, a few months, I believe, I sing a song written by Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, and I'm so excited about that because that's you know, so cool. You're like yeah. Elsa now. Yes, basically, I'm Elsa now. 
<laughs> Move over, Casey. Yeah, um, yeah, my dream coming true. Fine. Oh, that's so fantastic. I wish your son was old enough to watch Chicago Party Ant. Yeah, well, he has been in the room when it's been on, and even though he doesn't get the you know the really raunchy jokes, I just goodness. can't. I can't like have it on while he's in there. I just you know it's <laughs> it's definitely an adult show for everyone listening, but he can watch Central Park, which is great. And I wasn't sure if he realized you know that I was voicing character of Elwood, but when I was when the character was singing, he pointed to me and went Papa, Papa. Oh so my god! It was cool, you know. Because now I'm in I'm in Hamilton again at, in Los Angeles. We've opened the show yeah. back up. With Taylor. I, yes, that's right. I love her. Oh, my God. She's so good in it. She that's is just, what I hear. She's phenomenal. She just is such a great spirit. Taylor Amon Jones, she she plays um, Peggy, Peggy. Uh, and Mariah, and she is just extraordinary. And it's so funny because she's kind of like, her being in the show means a lot to our company because like I said, we were about to open the show and we got closed down and now the whole company is back a year and a half later and we opened the show and she's the only person in the company who had never performed in Hamilton because she was new. She was the only person who was new to I didn't to know that. Hamilton. So I remember having a dream a couple of months in to quarantine where she finally got to perform. And she was so happy. And on our next company Zoom, I was like, Taylor, I saw it. You are going to perform this. We're going to come back. And I know it's going to happen. It was this beautiful dream. And I didn't know it was going to be another year after that that we would be coming back. But it was just such a beautiful thing to get to witness her have her first time in the yeah. show that, you know, we had spent, we've all spent years um, doing the show, but it was her first time and she's awesome. She's what really was that like being a part of one of the first shows to reopen? It was surreal. You know, I, I have to be honest about it. We focused so much on, uh, that happening, you know, that I was, when we got the word back in May that we were going to open, it was so quick. It was like, okay, we found out in May that we're going to open in August, that our first show was going to be like in eight weeks. So it felt like, it felt crazy. It was like, okay, great. You know, this is amazing. Finally. And it also felt really, um, I don't, I want to say scary. It just, it was like, Delta was coming back so quickly, bringing, bringing it all back. It felt like PTSD, you know, like it felt like, okay, here we go. We're going back into this theater, into the Pantages. Cases are going up. Everyone's scared. How are we going to get through this? And there were just days where I was like, we're being set up for failure again. We're being, we're going to have our, our hearts broken. You know, like that's, that, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. I was afraid that we were just going to, uh, be punched in the gut again. Luckily, the shows are doing such a fantastic job of keeping everyone safe, the audience and and backstage. We are we're all vaccinated. Everyone in the audience is vaccinated. We get tested three times a week. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't go into the Pantages until we have a negative COVID test. Um, and the audiences have just been absolutely amazing. You know, I look out and see a sea of people wearing a mask. We're wearing masks backstage when we're not on stage. I don't know what else could be done. And, you know, luckily we've had success in, in keeping everybody 
safe uh, so far. And so it was, it was a, a scary time, you know, of being like, are we all just going to set up a failure and feeling like if we, if we screwed it up, that it was going to screw it up for everybody else as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, I mean, I think all of us were sort of like, I mean, this might sound terrible, but it was like, well, open up Hamilton and Wicked first and let's see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I've said like to our, I think our cast and our company really knew like we have to be, we have to be strong and go first because Hamilton can, you know, like yeah. this is, this is, you know, the, the, what this show needs to be in this moment in time, because audiences are going to show up. We got to show that we can do this. We can do it safely for the people working on the show and the people coming to see the show. And I think everyone has been just amazing. You know, I, I'm so proud of my company, not just the actors, but the, the crew and everyone in, in front of house wearing masks the entire time, Yeah, working so hard vaccinated, making sure that everyone feels comfortable. And, uh, you know, now we have COVID stage managers who are literally just walking around, making sure that people are wearing masks, that everybody feels safe, uh, and testing all of us. And, you know, that's a whole new division of, yeah. of our industry, but it's very important. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's strange. I just got an, I'm doing a workshop in a couple of weeks and I just got an email from the COVID safety manager and I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Five minutes to no swab. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, I'm really happy for you. I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of your entire company. I think that um, I just started going back to seeing shows. Yeah. And there's also a sense in the audience of uh, like a sense of camaraderie. Of yeah. We're all here. We're all here because we love it. Mm-hmm. We're all here because we want to support it. Mm-hmm. And um, that theater is such a huge part of our lives that it really matters for us to be here. I have never, ever been more grateful to audience members than I have been over the last month. Audience members are always working so hard to get into a Broadway show. They're waiting for tickets. They're paying for tickets. They're paying a lot of money. They're, you know, getting there. It's not easy. It's much easier to sit on your couch and watch, watch a TV show. So it's always hard, but to make sure that you have your vaccination card ready to make sure that you're wearing a mask the entire time. Obviously these are things now that are a part of our culture after the last year, but to see theater goers, making sure that not just that that we are safe, but that their fellow audience members are safe to jump through that hoop just to see a play is the most beautiful thing after a year and a half of basically being told by society that we are the least essential workers. The least essential. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't even, they wouldn't even be talking about when we were coming back. You know, I'd look on lists of, you know, when things were going to be opening up if it got to a certain level and, you know, theaters, we weren't even on those lists. No. Yeah. So it, it, to see these, the faces of, of these people with masks on them, to hear them, uh, you know, cheering and the applause that they are giving to us, it's the most beautiful sound and responses I've 
ever heard in my life and ever will. So, you know, I wish I could hug each and every audience member after if it wasn't uh, COVID inappropriate, <laughs> kind of defeats the purpose. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a special, it's a special time, you know, yeah. and I feel really, obviously, for so many reasons, I feel uh, privilege and honor to be a part of of Hamilton always, but at this specific moment in time, it's something that we're going to be telling uh, generations how the Broadway community survived this and how we got back up on our feet and who was there for us. And we're always going to have to remember the the folks uh, who who got us there, you know. Yeah. And I think that we're we have a lot of leaders right now, not just on stage but in the audience, and I so appreciate them. Oh my gosh, you're going to make me cry. Well, I mean, I'm grateful to you for what you do. I'm grateful that theater's back up and running, and um, I'm really grateful you. You know, it's so important to me in this time of darkness to be able to just laugh. Yeah. I think laughing is, you know, whenever a friend has a birthday, I'm like, I wish you all the laughter in your new year because yeah. laughing is so important. And so it was a breath of fresh air. Like, it's still hard. You know, yeah. we're not all the way through this. And there's still no. that, like, I have an audition every eight months or you know not really yeah. but it feels like that yeah and so to be able to like sit on my couch turn on your new show not think about myself and just like laugh and feel good and miss yeah. my aunt yeah and also yeah. like being a nerdy little gay like i relate to to daniel so much like especially that app that that last episode that i was telling you about Mm -hmm. where like how awkward it is to like how do you get somebody to kiss you yeah at you a halloween at a gay halloween party at where you don't want to be a sexy anything you at know roscoe's yeah i mean it's that is it, i totally agree and that's the kind of you know my my 20s were were that conundrum of like how do i fit in with all these cool <laughs> gay people when i am not cool at all i mean in my 40s that's what it still is i'm like will yeah. you please look at my body please <laughs> yeah. please just i'll give you all this money just look <laughs> at my body please i'm yes. so lonely <laughs> yeah and i mean especially you know like this this past year i think for a lot of gay people because coming together at bars and theaters you know like we've all been isolated that's our culture a, that's our culture that's a, that's how we found we found friendship it's not you know we we have to have these spaces that we go to to celebrate each other and we haven't um and it's made it it's made it really lonely for for so many of us and i think you know it, it is it's good to to have um make sure that we can watch tv shows and laugh but also to like check in with friends and yeah. and make sure we're we're all laughing through this insane time because the the I remember when I when I drove my mom back to the airport in September 2020 it was like seven months into the, the I remember wanting her to get back on that plane and go home because the pandemic was over and I knew she was going to be okay and there was just this point where I realized that's not going to happen she's going to have to go home and it's going to be really scary. Yeah. And I think that's what was kind of like my disappointment in Broadway coming back right now, because it is, I am so proud. It is amazing. It is safe and it is, but I kind of wanted the, the switch to flip and everything just to be okay. Yeah, and that same. we didn't have to worry about anything. 
And that is not the case, you know, and that's okay. I've had to like accept that, you know, over the last couple of months that no, we are, we are going to have to continue to make sure that everybody is, is tested. And, you know, like this is a new normal for a little while. And once I got over that, that I wasn't going to just be like back to normal. I realized it's good that a lot of these things are going right back to normal. That yeah, we, a lot of we the bit, have to process. Yes. And um, I think that health is being um, taken to a new standard, you know, not just about COVID, but just like mental health, checking in with each other. And uh, from, from a company standpoint and from, from each other, you know, and that yeah. is gonna, you know, as hard as this, this year and a half has been, I think it's going to make us all stronger in the end. I agree. You know, I've never been one to really cry in front of people for whatever reason, unless yeah. it's on stage. Right. Um, <laughs> that's how you get awards. <laughs> um, but like, I've had a number of friends where, like, we could just FaceTime each other at any time and just cry. Yeah. And be like, this is really scary. This really sucks. I don't know what's happening. I feel like I haven't seen another living soul other than my cats. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. so how do you mm-hmm. get through? Or, like, I was home for a few months and I was like, if I see my parents one more time. Right. If I have to remind them that I pick the home one day, one more time, <laughs> you know, it's a... Uh, shady I, Pines, Mom. Shady Pines, Mother. Um, <laughs> you know, I do feel a much stronger connection to to my friends, to my family, to this really insane industry that we're in, mm-hmm. um, and to the shows that I love and, uh, you know, and the shows that help get us through. Because I do think that, like Hamilton, I think that does get people through. I think, you know, like your new show, that that will get people through. Um, It's important to have love and laughter in our life. And, um, yeah, and I'm so glad that that you get to be a part of all that history. It's really important and incredible. What do you think the future of our industry is in terms of all of these... uh recordings the pro shots is that what they're called i think i think that they're there to stay and i don't think that it's a bad thing Uh um i think it's great for people like us that grew up so far away from broadway um what we don't know though is how that's going to affect people coming to new york or la or chicago Mm -hmm. to see these productions or the touring productions or whatever um so I think a lot remains to be seen. I think Diana was really, really smart to do a, a pro shot. Right. And, um, you know, of course, Wicked. Uh, not Wicked. Um, Hamilton. Well, Hamilton, of course, but uh, Waitress. They just filmed <gasps> theirs. Oh, they did? Yeah, with Sarah Bareilles. Oh, as soon okay. as I heard that it was coming back, I was like, oh, you're doing a pro shot. I understand. Oh. Clever, clever Weisler. I see. Um, but I think it's good. I, I don't think that it replaces live theater, but also, like with Hamilton, watching it on Disney+, Plus, and, and I saw the show with you in it. I saw it with uh, Graffy. Mm-hmm. But there's still so much that you miss because there's so much happening. Yeah. That it really is like, oh, my God, look at what these people do. And the ensemble, yeah. how do they walk how do they walk after the show? I don't know. They're so good. 
they're so good. And I feel so guilty being the king who's just <laughs> like literally takes 12 steps as, as my choreography for the entire show. And they're working so hard. I wasn't like, I, I want you to know I have worked hard in my life. I did a chat number and all that, you know, like, like I, I, I just have total Catholic guilt about it, but yeah, they're incredible. And you're right. There's so much to see. And it's like, I don't know if I would have known who James Lapine was if I hadn't watched Into the Woods and Sunday in the Park with George on VHS so many times that, you know, right. the tape was destroyed. So I think that it is, it's really great that these shows are being given to the masses. And, you know, it's, it's a little scary to try to figure out how it's going to affect yeah. our industry, but it's kind of... I don't want to say inevitable. I think it just has to be, it was, it is going to happen and it, we have to figure out the best way to uh, make it. So that is bringing more people into the theater and keeping more people employed. Yeah. Well, I, I always say, you know, what we said at Groundhog Day when the set never worked, you know, it's like champions adjust. Everybody mm. in this industry is a, is a fucking champion, yeah. you know, it's a, and a champion of adjusting because that's our life. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really just grateful that I've gotten to be your friend over these years and to, uh, you know, you're somebody that I definitely look up to and, uh, you're right back at you, right back at you, Josh. I think you're one of the most talented human beings. You are certainly one of the funniest people I've ever been on a stage with. And I love how open your heart is to your fellow artists, always. Mm. You are always just uh, a ray of sunshine, even when you're saying you're having a bad day. You know, like you are honest about who you are. And I'm so glad that you are podcasting. You know, this podcast is fantastic. And I'm so glad that you're doing it. I've, I've, done podcasting i know it's not it's not easy you know to no i was on your podcast you were I remember you that. sure were and you know what your first guest of your podcast stephanie j block my first guest stephanie j block stop we're, it. yes we are but uh, i'm gonna this is a fun fact that i've never admitted even to stephanie i've never told anyone this i recorded my podcast with stephanie at her home this is like back in 2000. 16, I don't know, when I was just starting. And I told her, oh, I'm doing this podcast. And like, you know, I've been doing these interviews. And I was so nervous to interview anyone. I was so scared. I had never done it. And I was so nervous she was going to find out that she was my first interview. So I didn't tell her. <laughs> like, why would she care? But I just, I don't, you know, like it just felt like so scary to, to feel like I had permission to ask questions. But the whole reason I did it was to have these, you know, personal conversations with the people that I admired. And, you know, I looked up to her and Sebastian because they had a child and, you know, I knew how that was so important to them because yeah, we worked and with they her went and through so much to yeah, get that beautiful baby. Yes. And I wanted that too. And I think part of the reason that I started a podcast was just to talk to people in our industry who had kids or had gotten through difficult situations. And I wanted to know how they did it. Because yeah. I was having similar troubles or wanted to figure out how to to get through um, our industry. And I feel like that's what you do every day. But you make people laugh 
as well, which is such a, like you said, it's the only way to get through these crazy times. And this podcast is excellent. And I'm just glad you're doing it. You can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) No, Rory, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love you. I miss you terribly. I miss you too. And I'm glad that I can binge Chicago Party Ant. Um, so I can, you can hear my pubescent voice. Yeah. So I can be like, that, and... that's my Rory. <laughs> and now that I know that Lori Metcalf, ah, I need to go uh-huh, back and rewatch. Uh-huh. Um, I love you. You're so important to so many people. And, um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on my show. I'm thrilled um, to be here. Oh, you're the best. All right, listeners, go check out the show on Netflix, Chicago Party Ant. It's brilliant. Also, if you want to help contribute to the show and keep us going, you can come to patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. And I promise you, I will love you and think about you and fantasize. No, I'm just kidding. But I will love you forever. All right. Till next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and myself, Josh Lehman, with associate producer Elizabeth Wheelis. And special thanks to our Patreon producers, David Rimmer and Josh Harris. You can join them. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. Leave a rating. Leave a review. I read them. This is how I continue living. Help me live. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for keeping Broadway alive and swallow you soon. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.